Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello! Welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and on today's episode, we are discussing modern dating mindset, the law of attraction, breaking old patterns, and dating with love language mindfulness. there's something for you in this week's episode, no matter where you are on the relationship journey. Maybe it'll help you make sense of some of your past. Maybe it'll help you date in the present moment. If you're facing a breakup and part of your resistance to letting go of a relationship that's run its course is that you're scared to get out there and date again. Maybe you're a parent of someone that will be dating in a few years And as sensitive people and empaths in the world, I think we're often the safe place for people who are dating to come process and talk and ask for advice and support. So no matter where you are in your journey, I hope there's something for you in today's episode. And the first thing I want to offer you is to check in with yourself about what is your dating mindset? Are you hopeful about it? Are you positive? Do you lift yourself up? Do you use the law of attraction to focus more on what you want, what will be a good fit? Or do you focus on everything you don't want, every pattern you don't want to repeat, and then wonder why those patterns repeat? As emotional badasses, we radically self-reflect. So if by me pointing this out today, you're like, eee, cringe. I probably don't cheerlead myself on enough in the dating department. Or maybe I haven't healed enough from some past hurts to feel really cleared out before I dip my toe in the dating pool. I had Chris, my partner, on the anniversary show, and we mentioned how we connected and and how we met online. And I think a lot of sensitive people can carry a lot of hangups about meeting online right? Because we're feelers. We want to organically feel someone and just have a connection and have it connect and click. And that's lovely if it can happen. But if that expectation is holding you back from the possibilities of online dating, that's something to look at and to do some growth work around. It is true that I met the best match of my life online. 
And I think where most people make a mistake in their online profiles is they they write what they think they're supposed to write. They put out an image of what they think will sort of catch the most fish or be more appealing instead of authentically stating what it is you're here for in this life and taking a bold step forward. So that would be my first tip about dating, to stop being so passive and to be more bold. Now, I would have to really do some searching to find my profile on my computer. But part of what I asserted in my profile and often coach if we're working on dating profiles, because I do that work on an individual basis, we want to get really bold. Part of my necessary boldness that I stated in that profile was to say very plainly, I am not here for bullshit. I can smell manipulation 10 miles away. Don't waste my time or yours. It won't be fun for either of us. That was a little line in there. And what that did for me was it ran off any game player. And we have to know as sensitive people in the world that yes, there's a lot of dysfunction out there. There's a lot of inauthenticity. There's a lot of posing, a lot of fakeness. We can't let our awareness of those things box us in and cut us off from the possibility of finding love and partnership. What we're seeing when it comes to dating and marriage and divorce, it's so hard because we're not teaching middle schoolers and adolescents how to date. And when we don't teach people how to be authentic, how to communicate, how to state your needs, how to figure out a difference between a want and a need, our relationship stuff is chaotically messy. Our best bet is to get clearer with ourselves in our own emotional needs. People are often surprised in my Big Boundaries course when a big part of that work is sitting with the self and figuring out what do I need We can't set boundaries with ourselves or other people unless we do the work first to figure out what do I want and what do I need? And what are my deal breakers? When we get clarity and allow ourselves the easiness of that clarity, because I think a lot of sensitive people, we're scared that we'll be mean or that telling people no will be cruel or mean or hurtful. And there were quite a few people that I connected with online and went on a date or two and then a couple people more than that. And as soon as I saw something that I was like, ooh, this is going to be a deal breaker for me, I spoke up and I cut it off and I moved on because I was determined if I was going to date, I was going to find somebody that would really fit me and I wouldn't settle for less. A lot of what you hear me talk about on the show is doing enough growth work to know the difference between anxiety and intuition. Often what happens in dating and often what happens when we are stuck in some patterns, I know so many of you know what I'm talking about, where you try so hard not to date a particular type and then lo and behold, how the hell did I get to this point where I'm dating this type again? And we feel crazy in that. And in radical ownership, part of why those patterns happen is because we don't get radically honest. As soon as we see someone start to have a little bit of a red flag, we feel it in our gut. And because we don't want to deal with it, we go to our heads and we make excuses for it. 
oh, that's not so bad. Oh, but he had a bad day. Oh, I can understand why, you know, work has been very stressful. That's, that's why that happened. So we talk ourselves out of our intuition. That is part of why dating can be so messy. Because if we get really honest with ourselves, part of our superpowers of high sensitivity is that we can sense those red flags. We just have to help ourselves not bury them when we see them. That can take a lot of support. It can take a lot of external support from healthy people and a lot of internal support. To be, we have to have the self-worth that it takes to be able to articulate, hey, I don't think we're a good match. Good luck in life. I'm moving on. And we have to work as sensitive people to know that that is a very loving gift. That is a freedom that we give someone. Because so often I know from working with so many of you and from my own process, we know. We know when something isn't good for us. We know when it's toxic. We know when it's not a good match. So part of clearing all that muck out and finding a great match partner is getting really real with yourself about this. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. To break old patterns, I want to offer the concepts that we find in the five love languages. The author of that book is Gary Chapman. And there are many quizzes that are very, very quick online that you can take. It's very, very simple, but one of those special magical things that's very accurate and gives us a lot of insight, opportunity, and clarity about who we are and how to pick a partner that better matches our love language. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. When you go through one of these quizzes, you will find your top two love languages. Mine are acts of service and quality time. What that means for me is that I feel all melty and lovey and connected and seen and taken care of when someone takes a task off my plate. If my partner takes my car and goes to get it washed and cleaned, oh, that is something that I don't have to do. I have a lot of projects, a lot of tasks. That just really hits me in my love buttons. And then quality time helps me feel seen, heard, understood, important, cared for. Now, that's a really great bit of information for me because I look, if I look back at some of my most exhausting relationships, it was because I was with people that couldn't speak that love language with me or for me. And the reverse is true. I probably couldn't speak their love languages very well. 
often a lot of our angst and struggle in relationship is when we're arguing about our own love language. So my partner's love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. So if I try to love him through my own love language and I go and clean his car for him, that's not going to hit him in his love buttons. And then I'm going to feel really hurt because I'm offering this act of love that doesn't get translated as love. Learning your own love languages will help you carry a mindfulness into the dating pool that helps you articulate that from the word go. And that helps you show up for another person in their love language. If you are currently in a relationship, finding out those love languages can help you connect more deeply and more fully. And it can help you take it less personally. We may find ourselves in a relationship or even in a friendship where we're just not speaking each other's love language. When we know that, we can stop beating our head against the wall with it. Maybe there's a friend that meets your love language that spends quality time. Maybe your partner just isn't so into spending quality time. Maybe they give gifts. So do you see how this works? We can allow, if you're in a relationship where you're like, oh no, they don't speak my love language. I don't speak theirs. That can be okay. But it takes some awareness and some action. It takes some soul care and some prioritizing. We can find people that give us that love language and fill that in us so that we can then turn to that partner from a filled up place instead of an empty place. And then we're more likely to receive their gift, even if it's not our love language, and be able to hold the space and the respect and the knowledge. Wow, this person is loving me through their language, and I will accept that as love today. So there's a lot to dig into and to dive in with around love languages. It's a beautiful lens to help you figure out maybe some strife and some emptiness or some conflict in current relationships, and if you're dating, use it as a lens. It'll help us get clarity. I want to thank the listeners that have given us five-star reviews and written a beautiful comment. I want to thank Soft Kitten 314 I love how you say it's almost like I'm listening to my weird inner voice talk back to me and say, everything's cool, you're not alone. Thank you. DMV, MRV, I'm so glad you're better able to understand yourself and relationships from listening to the show. I'm glad you're embracing your sensitivity and to empower your sensitive nephew. I'm going to do an episode soon addressing the kids more and more and more of you are telling me that you're letting your kids listen. I don't intend all episodes for kids, so make sure you screen, but I am going to do an episode that's specifically for the kids. Y'all hold a really special place in my heart and I want to address the kiddos. I am thrilled that some of you are using the show to help attend to your child's sensitivity. I know so many of us think, what would happen? How would I be in the world today had my sensitivity been honored earlier in life? So we are a tribe that is doing that for each other. Thank you so much for sharing the show. Jackie N, I promise you it's not strange that you feel personally accepted and affirmed. That's the intuitive in me. 
And as corny or weird or hippy-dippy as it sounds, I do download intuitively before I record. If you have questions about that, come ask me in the next Q&A. Thank you for listening, Jackie. Maisha, double zeros. You call the show a game changer. I'm so glad you're loving yourself more every day. I'm going to do more guided meditations. I'm so glad you love them. I love offering them. Sending light and love out to all of you. Thanks for being my marketing team and continuing to get this show in front of more people figuring out their high sensitivity, figuring out addiction, figuring out their abuse histories. Man, we're a powerful tribe. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.